Welcome to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. Today we will hear from lead pastor Dave Carroll as he teaches a message titled, How Can I Know Real Love? Let's join him now. For every message during the series, here's what we've been doing. We've been saying this verse together because uh, the reason why we titled the series, You Need to Know, is from 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13. So it's up on your screen or it's in your program if you want to take notes today. Uh, on the back of your program, there are blanks you can follow along with, and it'll help you uh, remember the message. It'll help you pay attention, you know, if I get too boring or something like that. Uh, so it, make sure you turn over there and do that. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to say this aloud together because it is the lens through which we're reading the scripture as we study through First John. So here we go. First John five thirteen. Ready, set, go. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. This morning, what God wants you to know from his word is he wants you to know his love. Isn't his love amazing? We need to know his love because love is pretty broken in this world, isn't it? I mean, we're, we're living in a generation where divorce has ravaged us. We're living in a generation where the love between parents and kids is diminishing quickly as they get older, and there's there's just something wrong with the love of this world. And you need to jump into God's word today because uh, many times we're living in the dark. How many of you like the dark? Are there any of those weird, odd people that like the dark? I'm actually one of those people that, that do. Amy gets mad at me all the time. She'll come home from being out somewhere, and she'll say, Dave, why are there no lights on? And uh, it's not just a save money thing. How, who's the save money person? Anybody? Yeah. <clears throat> But uh, the dark is somewhere where we, it, it really, once it gets too dark, we lose sight of what's going on. And when it comes to the, the word love, I want the resurrection today to inform you of God's love. The resurrection is not just about a historical event. You know, I thought about giving you a million reasons why you can believe the resurrection. And they're out there. Just Google it. You'll find them. Uh, I thought about trying to give you a message today that just was all about the resurrection. But I realized this, unless we understand God's love, unless we come out of the dark of God's love, you know, and in our understanding of love, the resurrection just remains a historical event and it never impacts our lives because the Bible was meant to change our life. The story of Jesus was meant to change our life. The story of Jesus was meant to give us hope. Is there anyone who believes that in the room this morning? That is why we have the resurrection. Now, the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. Are you ready to hear it? It is the dumbest. Now, thankfully, I didn't have the biggest consequence for this. Uh, was taking 40-plus middle and high school kids into a cave for three hours. All right? When, when I was a student pastor, I've been in ministry about 18 years. And uh, that was when my wife Amy and I, the, we were back in South Florida at this point, And uh, we took our youth group into a cave where we never saw the same place for three hours. Now, once I got in the cave, you know, I'd never been in a cave in my life. And I said, this, I thought, this sounds like a good idea. Well, once I got down there and realized that we were crawling through little tiny crevices, uh, that I had taken a youth worker who was pushing 300 pounds that had to crawl uh, through the crevice, right? And it, he was one of my best friends at that. But, I, you know, I looked at what was happening, and I went, I don't know if this is going down. I had a little sixth-grade boy yelling, Mommy, 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 for two hours of the three hours. <laughs> and then... Uh, we were going through this one part 
where there was a little detour if you weren't paying attention, and I hear two of my students yelling on the side, hey, how do we get out of here? And I thought, oh, man, I'm toast. Now, I know that all of you just said that I'm no longer allowed to participate with the youth group at Elevation Church. But here's what I realized. Being, that, being down there in the dark, it was very difficult to discern what was going on. But when we came up out of, the, out of the ground, out of the hole, that's where it became more clear. You could see what was happening. And today, Scripture is going to do that for you. It's going to bring you up out of the, the darkness that surrounds our view of love. And whether you've been a believer for 50 years or maybe you come in today and you're far from God and you're not sure who God is, today he wants to shine a light on his love. So let's look in 1 John chapter 4, and here is the first thing we need to know. We're going to look at three things. We're going to look at God's love, we're going to look at our love, and then we're going to look at how to bridge the gap between God's love and our love, and that's by God's work. And so we'll look at God's love, our love, and God's work. So let's look at God's love today. It's your first blank. We have to know and experience God's love. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 11 says this. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of who? Who is it? What does the Bible say there? Love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, because God, this is very important, God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Isn't it crazy that we can go verse by verse through scripture and land on a verse like this on Easter Sunday? It's just wild to me. Verse 10 says, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, which is a big word that just means he was a substitute that was good enough for our sin. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Here we start to see the implications of God's love. Check this out. Fill these blanks uh, in on your program. Here's the first thing we have to know about God's love. God is love. Now, we have this messed up many times in our life because we spend our life trying to pursue love, don't we? We try to do things so that we get love. But here God is saying, I'm not, I'm not just uh, the giver of love, I am love myself. And have you ever wondered why God can say he is love? Here it is. You ready for this? God is love. He is love because he is able to love unconditionally even when we don't deserve it. You see, you and I are not able to do that, can we? We can do that once, maybe twice. We can do a favor for someone and go, you know, this time I'll help you out and I'll love you in spite of what you've done to me. But next time you do it, no, we, we're quick to cut it off. But eternally, check this out. Let this let your brain hurt for a second. From before creation until the end of eternity, right? That's a pretty long time, isn't it? God is able to love unconditionally even without love back. Wow, that's incredible, isn't it? God is love. And how did he prove this? What was the big thing that was held up? We saw it there in scripture that God sent his son, right? And we have life through him. We see that there in the, in the verses. The sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and his resurrection. Now, for the record, those two things, 
cannot be separated. You see, if Jesus would have just died on the cross, he would have been just another man, right? And if he would have just stayed alive and not died on the cross, the cro- we would have no payment for our sin. We would not be able to be made right with God. But the greatest act of love is this, that both of these things happen, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and his resurrection, and it is the greatest single act of love ever. The greatest single act of love ever. Why is it? Because here in the scriptures, catch this, this is the most important thing you could know about God's love. Because God took the initiative. God's love always takes the initiative. In other words, he loves first. Some of you may or may not believe this, but I actually wrote a rap song about how God loves us first. And whether or not I'll ever let you hear it, I don't know. You know, and you may be looking at me and say, I didn't know he was a rapper. Well, now you do, right? Well, here's the thing. No, and I'm not ever going to do it in church, for the record. God is always the one to take the first step. And, and we're not getting to our love yet. We're just focusing on God. And this is very important. God is the one through his cross that has told every person in the room. And, and whether you've heard this story a thousand times or maybe this is the first time you're understanding the story and it's clicking, be consumed with this, that God took the first step toward you. And that is love. You know, I, I've told this story before, uh, but I'll tell it again. The story of how Amy and I started dating You know, I was sitting in my history class. I won't tell you what grade I was making in my history class. But I was sitting in my history class, and I I always sat next to Amy's roommate. And I had begun giving Amy guitar lessons. Now, to me, I was just, you know, showing her how to play guitar. But to her, she had a different plan in mind. And I didn't realize this plan because, well, I'm a guy. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, huh, something's happening here? I don't know. Oh, good. I hope you practice more, you know. And, And so here I am. Uh, not knowing what's going down. And all of a sudden, one day in history class, I get this note shoved across my desk. And I'm thinking, stop writing me notes. I make bad enough grades in this class as it is. I need to focus. And so I read it, and it said, Amy really enjoyed the guitar lesson last night. And I, th- and I turned to her roommate, because I didn't care about getting in trouble. Uh, and I went, okay, that's good. <laughs> and I kept listening. And she sends back the paper, and she says, no. She really, she put really, really big, liked the guitar lesson. I was like, well, I know, I'm pretty good at teacher, you know, what do you want? And I'm thinking, and she sends it back, and I'm not making it up. I wish I was, because if I was making it up, I'd probably be in a lot less trouble today. But here's what happened. She sent it back a third time, and she said, you idiot. (laughs) She doesn't like the lesson. She likes it when you come over. And I went, Oh, oh, I get it. You see, God's love on the cross is like the piece of paper. Every time you hear the story, it's getting slid across your desk. And today's the day we're asking you, be consumed by it. God is taking the initiative. He's sliding the piece of paper. When you see the cross, when you see the resurrection, he's saying, I love you. Let the resurrection point you to the love of God because when you're consumed with the love of God, it's funny how the things in this world fade away. Let's continue on here in the scriptures in 1 John chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. We talked about God's love, but now we're going to talk about adapting 
my personal love. This is what the resurrection should do. It should help us see the standard of love. And now we see that there's a chasm, there's a gap between how we operate and how God operates. And, and, and we have to take stock of this. So here is what First John says in verse 12. No one has seen God at any time. And see, this is the challenge that you and I, we haven't seen God with our own eyes. We didn't live when Jesus lived for those 30, some 33 years. But he says this, you ready for this? If we love one another, God abides in us. How we love, how we love will determine how people see God. People's ability to see God is, is built on this principle, our ability to love like God loves. And his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has, what has he given us? The Holy Spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses, this is a huge verse. If you walked in today really far from God, if maybe you came today thinking maybe I can put my relationship with him back on track, read this verse with me. Check into this. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. You want God to come near to you? There's faith, there's belief, there's the confession that he really is God who hung on the cross and rose again. Verse 16 says, and we have known and believe that the love of God, that God has for us, uh, God is love and he who abides in love abides in God. Do you see this connection this morning? That if the Lord abides in us, we have the ability to love like he loves. Now, this is where uh, the truth comes out. We're coming out of the dark, right? And if you need to know how your love is, how you're treating other people, if you're treating people like a resurrected Savior treated you, or if you're uh, abiding in your own fleshly, earthly love, just ask someone close to you. Ask your wife. Ask your husband. Ask your kids. Ask your coworkers, and they'll help bring you out of the dark. You see, because after you really evaluate where your life is in light of God's love, you start to understand the truth about your life. Remember that cave story I told you where I took the dumbest thing I ever did in my life? Where I, prob I was thinking, I think I'm going to get it sued 40 times, you know, from 40 families for taking these kids in the cave. Well, I came to find out that there was a reason why the cave didn't smell so good. My 300-pound buddy... Well, as I thought about it when I was in the light, thinking about what was, what was that really like down there, I realized in the, in the smallest crevices, he was right in front of me, which means his derriere was probably about right here, okay? I realized that the two kids that had taken a detour and I thought were lost were really a girlfriend and a boyfriend trying to take a little bit of an exit, I also realized that the kid who was crying, I want to see my mom for two of the three hours, had his mom two people in front of him. <laughs> but in the dark, I didn't realize these things. But in the light, I realized the truth. And here's what, I, what I'd like you to do today and, and ask yourself this question. Where do you really stand with God? If, if loving others is the litmus test, our love is the litmus test, where do you really stand with God today? Does your love 
Does the way you love people really reflect God's love? Does it reflect the sacrificial love of the cross and the resurrection? Does it? Here are some possible reasons why your love may fail if you're trying to evaluate. Write these down. Number one, I do not know God. You may be a person today who walked in, and the reason why you keep failing over and over and over again in this life is you do not know God. Remember back in verse 15 and verse 16, you find out how to make that connection and have God know you and you know God and have a relationship by confessing that Jesus is the son of God who died on the cross and rose from the grave. You may have the objection to go, well, I don't know if I understand or if I quite get everything this, this book called the Bible has to offer. Well, you know what? It starts with Jesus. Start with Jesus. He will perfect your faith. Here's the second reason. I will not be the initiator of real love. If you look back in verse 13 and 14, God did the initiating because he sent his spirit and he sent his son. You see, he sent first. And, and some of you uh, might be in a, in a marriage that's, that's failing and you might be thinking, you know what? I'm waiting for him or I'm waiting for her to love me like I want to be loved. And, and, and you've stayed separated. Maybe you're waiting for God because you're mad at God from something in your past. And you're saying, I'm waiting for God to fix this first before I even take a step. Well, if your love is going to look like God's love, if it's going to look like the cross and the empty tomb, you need to begin thinking like, I want to match the love of God by always taking the first step. Will you be the first one, the one who wants to reconcile? Will you be the one who wants to make things right and love even when you have God in you who is love? even when the person doesn't deserve it. Here's the third reason, and, I, and this reason is big. It's probably the biggest reason there is that we fail to love like God loves. <clears throat> I fear there is no empty grave in my future. You say, Dave, what are you, what are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about this. You might be on the verge of divorce. Happens all the time. Room this size, it's more than one couple. It's more than two, could be five. And you may be thinking, but if I love that person, there's a part of me that I have to give up that I'm never going to get back and it's never going to be made right. You don't believe that God can raise you to life in that area. You know what? You may be dying financially and think, well, I I don't know. I can't be a person who gives like God gives because you don't trust that God can raise to life your finances. You see, many times we think if we give of ourselves, we never get it back. But here's the thing. God almost never gives until we give everything we have so he can fill us up with his pure character, with his pure love, so he can replace the things that we give with things that honor him. There is an empty grave in your future and my future if we will simply surrender to him. You see, some of us, this is the most important question in the room today, this Easter. Some of us are afraid to start a relationship with Jesus Christ because we say, wait a second, that means I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Wait, nope, not going to do that. Wait, nope. Nope, not, I can't do that. Nope, that person has to, mm, everything has to go. God, you're asking me to die. 
But here's the great news of Easter Sunday. There is a resurrection in your life because of a risen Savior. Can, do you believe that this morning? Yeah, there is. There is a risen Savior. And he, the same way he raised himself to life, he can raise you to life. How does he do this? He does this through the third thing we're looking at. After God's love and our love, he does this through his work. You see, we have to trust God to work in our lives. Do you trust God to work in, to work in your life? Are, are you really willing to let him come in and do some work? Let's look at verse 17 through 21 as we close today and see what kind of work God does. Listen to this in 1 John 4, 17 through 21. Love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, I love this, so are we in this world. We can have the character of God in our lives in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Today, if you fear death because you can say, I don't know where I would go if I were to die today. If that fear is there, you need to be made right and whole with Christ and give him your life for the first time. You see, here it is, the summation of what we just talked about, God's love in verse 19. It says, we love him because he first loved us. If someone says, this is the work God has to do. You ready for this? If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God who he has not seen? And this commandment we have made from him, that he who loves God must also love his brother. Here are a few things about the work of God in your life. You can write these down. God if you'll, if you'll trust him, if you'll let him work in your life and bridge the gap between his love that he showed on the cross and in an empty tomb and your love, if you'll let him bridge that gap and work in your life, not just once a year or twice a year at church, but I'm talking about every day, if you'll do that, he will work on your future. You see verse 17, it says that when, we're, when God is perfecting his love in us, it says we'll have boldness on the day of judgment. Here is a great truth. If God can perfect the love in your life and take out all fears so that when you stand before him, you don't have to be afraid, here's a great truth. If he can take care of that future, he can take care of your tomorrow. You get what I'm saying? He can take care of your today. He can take care of your next five minutes. He can take care of your future. Trust God with your future. You know what the opposite of trusting God with your future is? It's trusting yourself. And here's the truth. You and I, I know I've done it a million times. We've messed up our future pretty bad, haven't we? We've blown it doing our plan. Trust God with his plan in the future. Here's the next place that God's work will begin to reshape. It is your relationships. You saw in verse 20 the, the strong statement that says, you can't say you love God and hate the people around you. 
You see, the absence of hate and the absence of disdain is proof that God's love is starting to be perfected, that you get the resurrection, that you get the cross. These things are starting to be understood by you. People have tried everything to get love until we finally learned when someone rightly wrote the song, can't buy me love, right? It doesn't work. There's nothing you could do to get it. I have family members who put rags over their head and tie-dye and held up two fingers in the air trying to get love. I, you know, I've seen people try to get love by listening to the right song. You know, it's like every couple that gets together, baby, what's your song? I don't know. You know, let's get, let's find a song so that we can have love. Everybody's trying to get love. But you see, God's love is different than that kind of love. And here's the other thing I know. All the things that we've tried to do to know love failed. And here's why I know it. Because last time I checked, every time I drive to Great Falls, there's a big row of nuclear weapons (laughs) right there. And you see, all the effort in the world for people to try to create their own love that's lasting hasn't worked. We're still just a finger push away from hate and disdain and anger. But that's not so with God's love. God's love will always perfect you. And why, will it, well, why can you trust him with, his, with your future and relationships? It's because he works on you, write this down, with his power. With his power. You see, the power of God changes lives. See, if you came here today for religion you're going to leave empty and loveless. If you came here today for a relationship with the living God living inside of you, you are going to walk out a new creation, a different person. I love the story of a church member I was talking to just yesterday who said, I came in skeptical that the Bible could be true. But I did what you said, Dave. I started with Jesus. And it really does work. It changes lives. The resurrection changes lives. And here's the question. Will you let the love of God change yours? Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. You can find out more about our church or listen to other messages at elevationbuildings.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.